0: You're listening to the latest preaching from Brixham Community Church. Our subject this morning in the series on the belt of truth is who is the Holy Spirit? Wow, we'll start with a technical definition and then move away from it very quickly. In Christian theology, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, distinct from but consubstantial, co-equal and co-eternal with the Father and the Son and in the fullest sense, God. I shall not be trying to explain that this morning. But what I shall be saying actually does illustrate it. Let's try and keep it very, very simple. What we're going to do Is consider the Holy Spirit is a person, for our question is who is the Holy Spirit, not what is the Holy Spirit. We're going to look at the fact that the Holy Spirit is God, and that the Holy Spirit is just like Jesus, and that the Holy Spirit is a helper. So let's begin with the Holy Spirit is a person. Despite the teachings of the Jehovah's Witnesses and other cults who try and tell us that the Holy Spirit is just an impersonal force the Bible provides plenty of evidence for his personality Now, in this short talk I can't possibly cover all the ground even on this one aspect and I've got four aspects as I've already told you So, what I'm going to do is simply mention my book, <laughs> um, The Holy Spirit, An Introduction. Okay, so this is available if you're listening here and now from me after the meeting. Um, and uh, if you're listening online, you can get it through visiting www.davidpets. And so there's much more on this whole theme of the Holy Spirit in this little book. And while I'm talking about books, uh, we're going to end up with the Holy Spirit as our helper. And my final point will be that he empowers us for service. And there's another little book, which I've written just a booklet. This one, A New Dimension. That's available from me after the meeting. Um, if you want a free copy of either of them, you can have one. If you prefer to pay me, I'd prefer that too. But well, <laughs> All right, but both available uh, online. But uh, seriously, if you haven't got any money, I'm glad to give you one. That's fine. All right, so the Holy Spirit is a person. All we're going to do this morning is look at some verses which I think clearly show the personality of, Of the Holy Spirit. Firstly. John 14 and verse 26. Jesus is speaking. He says. The counsellor. The Holy Spirit. Whom the Father will send in my name. Will teach you. All things. And remind you. Of everything. I said to you. What we're doing in these verses. Is looking at. Verbs that are used to describe the activity of the Holy Spirit and we will see that they are personal activities. Teaching is done by a person. You may very well say, yes, but I can read your book and then I'm being taught by the book. No, you're not. You're being taught by me through the book. All right. So teaching is done by a person. Reminding is also done by by a person. John 15, 26. He, the Holy Spirit, will testify about me. John 16 and verse 13, and this is really the big verse on this. When he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears And he will tell you what is yet to come. So guiding, speaking, hearing, and telling. And, you know, if people want to be awkward, they can say, well, a a map can guide you, and so on and so forth. Hey, but hearing is surely, essentially something that only a person can do. And if you want to be really clever and talk about modern technology and sat-navs and, you know, the fact that I can talk onto my iPad and it will type for me what I want to say or onto my phone, sure. But they didn't have those things in those days. So when Jesus said this, it was perfectly clear that when he talked about the Holy Spirit guiding and speaking and hearing and telling, he was talking about a person. And then look at Acts 13 and verse 2. The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. Clearly implying personality. And then a passage we're going to look at in more detail, slightly more detail in a moment. Acts chapter 5 and verse 3, talking about the story of Ananias and Sapphira. You have lied to the Holy Spirit. You have lied to the Holy Spirit. Surely, 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 all these verses indicate very, very clearly the personality of the Holy Spirit. Now, speaking to those of you here present this morning and watching the slides, I'm going to depart from the slides for just a moment and answer a question which I have been occasionally asked if the holy spirit is a person what is his name and the first thing i'm going to say to you is his name is not holy spirit that's not his name look when we talk about the names of god and talk about god as a person well we are thinking in (laughs) Very human terms about the supernatural being who created the universe, who is spirit. Jesus said, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so, there are many, many, many titles or descriptions of God because he is infinitely beyond our ability to understand or define. But I will remind you that Moses did dare to ask God in Exodus chapter 3 what his name was. And God gave him this answer. I am who I am. Which in a shorter form was simply I am. Which, you know, when you start to try and work that out you could come up with something like he is the eternally self-existent one but i think i just prefer i am and that in the hebrew comes through as yahweh or as the old bible used to express that jehovah okay jehovah is just another form of yahweh that's god's name And I want to say to you this morning, it is the name of God the Father, it is the name of God the Son, and it is the name of God the Holy Spirit. What is the name of the Holy Spirit? It is I Am. Because all three members of the Trinity are equal. They are all the I Am. Is that making sense to you? So now, let me just say a little bit more about this and give you an illustration. If I am talking about the Prime Minister, nothing political in this, using Theresa May as an illustration, the Prime Minister is a title, it isn't a name. It's like the Holy Spirit. Her name is Theresa May. The Holy Spirit's name is Yahweh, I am. Now, you may say, oh, Jesus has name. Yeah, but Jesus became a man. Jesus had to have a human name. That's why God the Son has a human name, and he's the only member of the Trinity who has a human name. So I trust that's making some sense to you. So if I am talking about the Prime Minister, I don't say Prime Minister, I say the Prime Minister. Or I may mention the name, Theresa May. If I'm talking to the Prime Minister, which is something I've never done, um, I might say Prime Minister. I wouldn't say "The, the Prime Minister. Okay? So if you're talking about the Holy Spirit, you say the Holy Spirit. If you're talking to the Holy Spirit, fine, say Holy Spirit. All right. So that's my answer to a question that I do get asked, and it's a little bit complicated. And, uh, hey, I'm quite sure that God is very gracious about all this, and, uh, you know, if we use it differently from what I'm saying, well, hallelujah, anyway. Okay. So we've said the Holy Spirit is a person. Now then, going back to the slides, for those who have the benefit of looking at them, the Holy Spirit is God. Now let me take you back to the passage I just mentioned in Acts 5.3 where uh, Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Spirit showing the personality of the Holy Spirit. I mean, you can't lie to anything but a person. Same passage shows us the deity of the Holy Spirit. Let's just read the first four verses. Now a man named Ananias together with his wife Sapphira also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold, and after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to men, but to God. Now, just put verse 3 together with verse 4. You have lied to the Holy Spirit. Verse 3, verse 4, you have lied to God. A very, very clear indication of the deity of the Holy Spirit. But there are other passages, of course. Luke chapter 1, verses 35 to 37. And here we have uh, the angel Gabriel talking to Mary in the Christmas story that we know so well. And uh, (laughs) the, the angel has just told Mary she's going to have a son. And Mary says, how can this possibly be? I'm a virgin. And the answer is... The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. So, in other words, how is this going to happen? It's going to happen through the power of the Holy Spirit. But then the angel goes on to say, For nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God the Holy Spirit is God now another way of showing the deity of the Holy Spirit is to ask the question well what are the attributes of deity which means uh, you know what kind of person is God and then ask well what does the Bible say about the Holy Spirit and I'm just going to go through this very very quickly but uh, in Genesis 1.1, 1, 1, God is described as creator. Uh, but it's in Genesis 1.2 and in Job 33.4, the Holy Spirit is described as creator. In Matthew 19.26 and Job 42.2, God is described as all-powerful, omnipotent. But in Luke 1.35-37, the Holy Spirit is clearly omnipotent. In Jeremiah 23, 24, God is seen to be omnipresent, everywhere present in the universe. But in Psalm 139, 7 to 10, the Spirit is also omnipresent. And then another omni, omniscient, all-knowing. In 1 John 3:20, God is clearly all-knowing. And in 1 Corinthians 2:10, so is the Holy Spirit. And finally, God is eternal, Psalm 90 and verse 2. And in Hebrews 9, 14, the Spirit is described as the eternal Spirit. So, is the Holy Spirit God? Well, he's creator, he's omnipotent, he's omnipresent, he's omniscient, he's eternal. Who else must he be if he's not God? So, we believe in the personality and the deity ...of the Holy Spirit. And that brings me to... ...the next main heading... ...the Holy Spirit is just like Jesus. And I I love this truth... ...because uh, I think some people feel... ...a a little bit frightened of the idea of the Holy Spirit... ...especially when you use the old-fashioned phrase... ...the Holy Ghost. And people sort of wonder... "Oh, they're a bit spooky and so on. But actually if you understand that he's just like Jesus then I guess you feel less afraid because what kind of person is Jesus the kind of person who forgave sins healed the sick fed the hungry loving, caring kind, compassionate that's the kind of person Jesus is what kind of person is the Holy Spirit? Just like Jesus. So you wouldn't be afraid of Jesus, surely. If you know that he loved you enough to die for you, if you know him as your savior, you love Jesus and love casts out fear. You're not afraid of Jesus. So you don't have to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. How wonderful. So why do I say he's just like Jesus? Well, the key is to be found in John 14 and verse 16. Jesus said, well, I should say first, Jesus, this is a passage where Jesus is saying his last words to his disciples just before he's going to be crucified. So he's saying some very, very important things. And he's saying to them, I'm going away. But don't worry, because if I go away, I'm going to send someone just like me to take my place. And he will be the Holy Spirit. So he says, I will pray the Father, and in John 14, 16, he, the Father, will give you another counsellor or comforter or helper the Greek word is Parakletos. has many different translations, but all of those make sense of it. He will give you another Counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. Now, this word "another" is very, very interesting, especially in the Greek language in which John's Gospel is written. See, in Greek, there are two different words for "another." You have the word alos, which means another of the same kind. And then you have the word heteros, from which means another of a different kind. So I'm in mean, a simple illustration of this in a modern situation. Um, you, you do a mail order, uh, something comes, and uh, It's faulty. So you send it back and ask for another one. Another of the same kind, only not faulty this time. On the other hand, uh, it arrives and you just don't like it. So you you decide to send for another one. Another of a different kind. You get the idea? Very, very simple. So we use the same word, another, whether it's another of a different kind or another of the same kind. But Greek distinguishes between these two. Actually, it's quite interesting in Galatians 1 because Paul is talking uh, to the Galatians who've departed from believing in salvation by faith to believing in salvation by works and you've got to be circumcised to be saved. And he talks about uh, people who have preached another gospel which is not another. Strange. And he's using these two different Greek words. Okay, it's a heteros gospel, which is not an alos. It's a different kind, not the same kind. See, you can't be saved by trying to be good. You can't be saved through going through a ceremony. You can't be saved by even Christian ritual. You can only be saved by trusting in Jesus. Salvation is by faith. And any other gospel is a heteros gospel, a different kind of gospel. Okay. So now let's come back to our verse. I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter to be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. Well, you've guessed which word he uses. It's alos. He will give you another helper, just the same kind as me. Later on, he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I will come to you in the person of the Holy Spirit. Wow. So the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is just like Jesus, who also is God, but that's not my subject this morning. And finally, the Holy Spirit is our helper. And that's another translation of this word that we've mentioned in John 14, 16, parakletos, our helper, someone called alongside to help, literally. So Jesus promises his disciples that although he's going away, the Holy Spirit will come to take his place. And the four main things, really uh, one could think of a whole lot more, but four that I'm going to highlight today the Spirit's main work was going to be to convict us of sin and convince us of a need of a saviour. To make us new people by being born again, excuse the English there, um, strictly by regenerating us, by causing us to be born again. Holy Spirit isn't being born again. Thirdly, to live within us producing the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And finally, to empower us for service. Now, each of these is a message in itself. And I'm therefore going to be very, very brief because this is an overview of who is the Holy Spirit. So firstly, to convict us of sin and convince us of our need of a saviour. John 16, verses 7 and 8. Jesus speaking still. But I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counsellor will not come to you. Now, there's something significant about that. Because the way that Jesus went was the way of the cross. And it was only because of Jesus' death upon the cross... ...that we could be made worthy to receive God's Holy Spirit. So, unless I go away... The comforter will not come. The counsellor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict and convince, the Greek means both, the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. It's not our job to convict people of their sin and make them feel guilty not by what we say though it could just be that by our godly lives others are made to feel guilty by comparison but that's the holy spirit at work in them convicting them and he convinces And I'd just like to relate this to Acts chapter 2 and the day of Pentecost. Because Jesus said, when the Spirit comes, well, when did the Spirit come? Acts 2, Pentecost. He will convince and convict. Well, there was this extraordinary miracle of the disciples all speaking languages they never learned. And the crowd understanding what they were saying. And they say, hey, What meaneth this? What's all this about? What's the explanation? And some said, well, they're just drunk. And Peter said, no, they're not drunk. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh, says the Lord, and so on. And as a result of that, the people are convinced of the truth of the gospel. Because of this extraordinary miracle. And then Peter goes on. He preaches Christ crucified. And the people are convicted. Feel guilty. Pricked in their heart. What shall we do? Peter replies repent and be baptised in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises to you yes so you see at Pentecost there was a convincing and a convicting all the work of the spirit when the spirit came one of the things we should pray for most of all is that the spirit will be at work convicting and convincing those who don't yet know Jesus with a view to their being born again Which brings us to the next thing. Because that's the work of the Spirit as well. John 3, verses 5 to 8. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So is everyone born of the spirit. To a religious leader who was probably quite a good man, Jesus said, you must be born again. And I say to you this morning, if you haven't yet been, if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, you must be born again. You must experience that transforming work of the Holy Spirit, which makes you a new person. and changes you. How wonderful. All because Jesus died for you. And the Spirit came that you might be born again and then thirdly the spirit is our helper because he comes to live within us producing the fruit of the spirit in our lives how wonderful Galatians 5 18 and then 22 and 23 he says in verse 8 Paul says in verse 18 that if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law. And then in verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now, we said earlier that Paul wrote to the Galatians because they were trying to be made right with God by obeying the law of the Old Testament. And Paul had to show them, no, that's no way forward because you will always fail. It's only by faith in Christ, faith and faith alone, that you can be saved. So you're not under the law. So actually, you don't have to obey the law of the Old Testament. But you see, you don't need to. Because Jesus said, there are two commandments on which the entire law and prophets are based. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. If you do that, you fulfill the entire law. And that will actually mean you are obeying all the important laws that God gave the people in the Old Testament. Ah. Not the ones about what you should eat and what you shouldn't eat and all that other stuff. But I'm talking about the ones that say you shouldn't kill and you shouldn't commit adultery. Yeah. If you love people, you're not going to do those things. The Holy Spirit is at work in our hearts and our lives, seeking to produce love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. How wonderful. Are we resisting the Holy Spirit in any of those areas? Are we letting him produce that fruit within us? well remember he's just like jesus so spend time with jesus read what the bible says about jesus and let the character of jesus be produced as you think about jesus more and more and then finally and well most of you know i've preached on this final point so many times and empowering us for service So this is just to mention it here. I'm not going to develop it really. As I've said, it's in my little book, A New Dimension, in some detail. But Acts 1, verses 4 and 5, and then verse 8. On one occasion, while Jesus was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, But in a few days you'll be baptised with the Holy Spirit. I believe the talk next week is about the truth about baptism. And no doubt we'll be hearing about the importance of believers' baptism by immersion as it's taught in the scriptures. The disciples had already experienced that. They'd been baptised by John the Baptist. Jesus says... Actually, there's something even more important than that. You will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. And in verse 8, he explains what that meant. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to help us tell other people about Jesus. If you know Jesus is your Savior, you already have experienced the work of the Spirit in your heart. He's already reproducing fruit in your heart and in your life. But there is a distinct experience of receiving the Spirit in terms of the baptism of the Spirit, which will equip you. And empower you for service. If you've already received that, I encourage you to fan into flame the gift of God that is in you. And if you haven't, well, maybe reading my little booklet will help you understand it a bit more and even help you to receive. So, who is the Holy Spirit? He's a person, He is God. He's just like Jesus, and he's our helper. Holy Spirit, thank you so much for all you have done for us, for all you are doing for us, for all that you could do through us if only we would let you, and for what we believe all you are going to do for us in the future. Help us. To keep filled day by day in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit brixham.church.